It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College Adult and Graduate Study. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. That's our goal today. That's our goal every show. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Yeah, today uh, we're in the second week of our six-week series on the most valuable financial planning concepts. And we're going to be discussing protection planning. Protection is one of the six areas of financial planning. And it's all about how you manage risk in your financial life. So that and listener questions coming up this hour on Wise Money. That's right. That's right. We've got a few great questions to hit, a couple we didn't uh, hit last week. So if you have a question, you can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. You can find us on social media. Every episode's on the YouTube channel. You can comment there. You can leave questions there. Same with Facebook and Twitter. You can submit questions that way also. And then online, wisemoneyradio.com. Submit questions right there on the right. Catch up on previous episodes on the left or right in the middle, if you will. So, Okay, once again, we are in the still in the beginning of a new series where we're taking each of the six areas, we're going to stretch it into seven. We're going to talk about college planning separate, but each of the six areas of your financial life and with our 50 plus years of experience, just tell you, hey, what do we think the most valuable planning concept in is? And it brings some good debate and some good content for you. And if there's time, we talk about, well, what's the most common mistake as well to help you avoid that? It's, it's impossible to talk or to address one area of your financial life independent of the others. It's just not possible. And I tell you, the one area where people try to do that the most, in my opinion, is protection planning. It just seems like it's this own different world out there. Hmm. And um, no, you've got to make decisions there that complement all other areas of your financial life. Your present financial position, that's your starting point. That's where you are today. We addressed that last week. Protection planning we're hitting today. Tax planning, oh my goodness. It's tax season. Your tax return's probably already done. If not, you're going to get it done here in this next week. Tax planning is far more important than tax preparation. Far more important. For sure. Investment planning, that's like dessert. Everyone's focused on that. Retirement planning is the fifth area, and we add college planning there too. And then estate planning. Those are the six areas. We're talking about protection planning today. What do we mean by protection planning? I sort of already defined it, but but elaborate. I, I remember it may have been literally the first week of my entire career. Someone shared, and I'm assuming it was Kevin, could have been another advisor, shared this concept that, um, and, and this would be easier to sketch out on a whiteboard for you, but, but picture with me, um, most people think of financial planning, the whole goal is like trying to move a heavy boulder up an incline, and you're trying to make progress in your financial life, up and to the right, so to speak. And, and we think of financial planning as the way to try to accelerate your progress, to accomplish your goal more quickly or, or more securely. Um, coming up with strategies to grow investments faster, save more money, that kind of thing. And uh, th- this particular person, 
we'll we'll say it was Kevin. I'm going to give you credit. If it's a good concept, I'll take credit. If <laughs> well, it's horrible, if it's horrible, you, you can decide then. whether I'm delivering it well here. Okay. But the the whole idea with financial planning also needs to include this idea of periodically in your progress of moving that heavy boulder up into the right, up that incline is to put stoppers in along the way so that if life shakes things up on you, um, you know, throws you a curveball, causes some kind of tragedy or some unforeseen event, you don't lose control of that boulder and it just goes crashing right back down to where you started. Putting these stoppers in place is a way of managing risk. I love that analogy. Kevin, you taking credit or not? <laughs> nope, it would not have been me because I don't know what a stopper is. <laughs> now, growing up on a farm, I do know what a chock is, and what you do is you there chock you the wheels, right? So, it, And so if you're pushing the boulder up the hill, you once you get it up a certain uh, way, you put a chock in so that it can't roll back down. Um, it used most often with the hay wagons or really whatever. Um, stop something from trailer. rolling. A tra- yep. Right, you want to stop something from rolling. So insurance is that necessary chock that w- once you've made progress, you put that in place and it prevents you from undoing all the progress. Here, here's made. what I love about financial planning, though. Financial planning doesn't take the posture then that, okay, well, you need a whole bunch of chocks. You need all the insurance you can get. You need all of it. Nope. You need to figure out what's appropriate for your own unique financial situation. A couple weeks ago, we talked about this real big danger right now that's floating through the um, financial profession um, where there's a lot of just flimsy advice going around saying, well, for life insurance, you need 20-year term. No, 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 no. You need insurance. You need coverage. You need risk management that manages the unique risk of your specific situation. And I I feel bad that we only have an hour to talk about this because I would love to. I mean, there are literally hours. And I've started an appointment with clients and said, today we're going to talk about protection planning. And so we're going to spend the next hour and a half talking about insurance and um, after we, re- <laughs> a- after we, they break into hives? A- after we resuscitate them, um, but at the end of an hour and a half, they say that was that was great. I this is because re- if we educate, advise, and serve with character and integrity, I'm just pulling that off our mission statement. If we do that well, um, people understand, and it's kind of interesting as I as a as a financial planner in my career, I've tried to get close to financial advisors who are rock stars because the really the uh, what makes you a rock star in the financial planning industry is you're a thinker and actually I get to work with a group of them so I I pinch myself every day thinking how blessed I am and I am truly grateful for the people I get to work with but um, Joshua Gregory who I've worked with for 18 years said something really profound um, in the last um, radio show that we did about your present financial position. He was talking about the idea of financial planning and it's really th- these all of these competing priorities and, and how, how do you balance them out? And this is why you want to be planning centric, planning focused. 
because the, the, the result, what you need to have at the end when you're looking at protection planning should be driven by a plan. It should not be driven by a product. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and quite often, it is driven by a product. It is driven by a hammer, and to that hammer, everything looks like a nail. And so they're just saying, hey, oh, you've got some money. Um, you need to have this product that pays me the very best. <laughs> Bam, here you go. <laughs> and so you say, no, 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 no. And really, when you look at financial planning, all of financial planning is risk management. Right. So it's not just when you think risk There's management. risk in your retirement plan. There's risk in, in your estate plan and how you need to structure that. Obviously, there's risk in your investments, right? So there's risk in your tax strategies. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, you just mentioned, this this idea of uh, being planning-centric as opposed to product-centric, it got me thinking about how many folks out there, um, they're, they're not only product-centric, but they're getting their advice from multiple agents out there, multiple agents with separate little hammers uh, who, who potentially are just kind of pushing a certain product. Maybe you have a different agent who sold you life insurance than an agent who helped you with your home and auto insurance. And maybe you have a completely different agent who helped you with your business insurance if you're a business owner. Um, to, to me, having a plan that pulls all this together and is considering your whole financial life is essential because until you've defined what the risks are in your, in your life, how do you know what approach is going to deal with that risk most appropriately? It might be a product. Or maybe it's a change in behavior. Maybe it's just um, living with certain risks and just being aware that, yeah, sometimes bad things happen, but I'm going to have a game plan that can bounce back when it does. And this is why I said earlier that it, uh, of the six areas, it does seem like protection planning is, is really our culture has set that up like it's an independent thing. It's just separate than your financial life. And just like there used to be, the only way to get life insurance was to go to a life insurance agent, and that's gone. That, that just doesn't exist anymore. And and you mentioned PNC or home and auto insurance, and I, I don't know. If I could look to the future, I'm, I think that might be gone too. I mean, it's just that decision needs to be made in the context of your entire financial life. I'm, I'm teasing out what I think my most valuable planning concept is. Uh, we're just scratching the surface here. Boy, you're in for something today. Uh, we've got our opinion on the most valuable planning concept in the area of protection planning. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Wise Money with... This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. In the area of protection planning, that very critical area of your financial life, what's the most valuable planning concept that we've seen in the past, oh, 25 years or so? That's what we're hitting. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Thank you to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene. We're going to talk about estate planning as part of this series at some point, but if you have any legal needs, estate planning, uh, you can reach out to the great folks over there. Also want to say thanks to First State Bank. 
Uh, First State Bank, a lot of that's present financial position. Your banking needs, lending needs, that sort of stuff. So contact the great folks at First State Bank as well for that. If you have any questions, you can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. You can submit questions online, wisemoneyradio.com, or any area that we're on social media, which is Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, probably Instagram at some point. Coming up, you can submit questions that way as well. Okay, so we're in this series where we're discussing, debating the most valuable planning concepts in each of the six areas of your financial life. And Kevin, you've been in this business for... 25 years. 25, Josh 18, I'm 16, round in the corner on 17, I think. And so lots of years of experience here. Now it overlaps, uh, you know, but combined over 50 years. What's the most valuable planning concept you've seen in that time that's kind of housed in this protection planning area? You know, uh, maybe you would expect a financial advisor to say this, but to me, running a true analysis to determine what your risks are is a valuable tool. It's an important discipline. It is what transforms this whole decision about things like life insurance or your home and auto insurance from a product uh, decision to a planning decision. And it's one that, in, in my opinion, again, biased opinion, you, you know it's, it's coming, you need to work with someone who is a professional planner someone who has seen more things than you've seen, who has walked with folks through tragedies and, and knows what it looks like when uh, you know someone's trying to pick up the pieces after losing a spouse, or what does the risk look like? What does life look like if your home is literally destroyed by a tornado or your spouse is injured in an accident and has years and years of surgeries ahead of him or her? These are the types of things that um, you can't picture on your own because you've never lived through it. But as financial advisors, we've been invited into many people's lives. We've seen the triumphs and we've seen, unfortunately, the tragedies as well. And we can tell you, you know what, here's what life looks like if you are unprotected and the wrong event occurs. And we can help you quantify how how much insurance, how much risk management is needed here. And so the, the whole point here, I guess, I, I'm rambling about why it's so important to, as Kevin said in our last segment, take a planful approach to uh, these types of decisions instead of just thinking, well, I need that product and I need this off the shelf. Um, you know, this is not just about buying something from an agent. All right. Yeah, so Josh uh, took the right answer. So... Um, I guess we <laughs> <laughs> spend the rest of the time. Uh, you I, know, so I, I one of the things that I thought about early on in my career as I was looking at this, there, there are a couple of things. Number one is I told my wife, hey, honey, I'm going to work probably an extra three years to pay for all of the insurance that we're going to buy. And if we weren't spending the money on insurance a little bit as we go, we could be, I could be done working. We could be financially independent sooner, but we're, we're gonna intentionally make decisions that prolong that date. Because if we make it that long without a horrific event, a tragedy, because that's what insurance is really for. For the most part, insurance was designed for the event that's unlikely to happen. Because mm-hmm. you couldn't pay 
for the insurance for the event that's going to happen. I mean, you wouldn't, if you wanted a million dollars of life insurance and it was likely you were going to die within the next three years, you, the premium for that would be about a million bucks. Right. <laughs> so, um, so the only way you can get life insurance if is the the company's got to be fairly certain you're not going to die in the term that they're going to sell it to you. Or if there was a pool of a thousand people just like you, they can tell you how many deaths there would be, and then they can price that risk accordingly. And I have a little bit, so my story is a little different. My dad was an insurance adjuster for State Farm, and I remember um, he would be at our house and he'd be calling people, talking about their um, the the settlement or what they were going to be, because uh, he he had to contact them after work hours, and this is before the age of cell phones, right? So he used our home phone to get these calls made. But also he would go on storm duty, so he would go away for six weeks at a time if there was a catastrophic event, a hurricane or something wow. like that. And for six weeks straight, uh, or even longer, he would just write checks and and settle claims. So I I got to I got a front row seat to see the value in uh, you know what you're really buying is a piece of paper and a promise that hey if something happens you're going to be taken care of. But I think there's a you you have to when you when you think about the emotional side of financial planning and your financial life, you have to gear up for this idea that I'm going to spend money on a product that I hope I never get to use in order to protect my entire the entire rest of my financial life. And if you don't have, this is where, why the, the six areas are so important that you, you evaluate all of them together. Because if you don't have the right amount of money allocated to protection planning, so when you look at your budget and you say, well, how much are we going to spend on our disability insurance, our life insurance, long-term care, health, all these various things. If you don't have the right amount of money allocated, you're going to be kind of constantly frustrated. I've, I've heard people say, well, I don't want to be you know, insurance poor. I don't want to just have all my money in insurance. And I get that. It, that. That would be bad planning. But what planning lets you do is take the emotion out of it and say, no, 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 this, this is the risk. Mm. No, 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 really, really, really. If um, we have three young children and the husband died today, the wife wouldn't want to go back to work. She'd want to be able to stay home and take care of the kids for the next 10 years. So what's the price tag on that? Yeah. I, I made a long list of what I thought the most valuable concept could be in this area. I, the one at the top that I, I teased out was making your home and auto decisions in the context of your financial plan. So I'm sort of stealing the answer that both of you said, but specifically with home and auto. And we're just fresh off of March Madness. And um, did you count the number of commercials from these um, blank state or state blank companies. Uh, this insurance company is just monopolized the commercial space and the advertising for this. And they've just conditioned our society to say it's all about price, number one, um, that everything's equal. And so you just should shop around. I'm all for getting the cheapest insurance. I'm all for that. But it's got to fit your situation. Let me tell you about Charlie. 
Charlie came in to see us. He looks like you and me. He came in last year. Handsome fellow. No, it just it just looks <laughs> like a regular guy. Nothing special. Nothing unique. Talks normal. Just a nice nicest guy around. And as we start, he came to see us for financial planning. Had some big goals and said, "I've never really looked at this." We start talking through his financial life. His six hundred thousand dollars just sitting in the bank. Hmm. Net worth of around four million dollars. Why? He just didn't really spend. He just didn't. And that might be you. That might not be you. We looked at his home and auto insurance. And he had 100, 300 limits, which means if if he was in an accident, caused an accident, and there would be $100,000 of coverage for per person that he injured. And you might think, oh, that's a lot. No, that would be gone in an instant. That would be mm-hmm. gone in an instant. And this gentleman has $4 million there of his own money that's exposed then. And I said, well why do you have this? How'd you make this decision? He said, I don't know. He just told me that's what I needed. Well, did he ask you anything about how much you earned or your assets? No, he just said, that's what I needed. Completely inconsistent with the rest of his financial life. We see that all the time. We we? do see it all the time. That's why I think it's the most valuable planning concept is to ignore flow, ignore the gecko, figure out what you need. Get that first. We're going to talk about more of the most important planning concepts you need to get right within your protection planning and then list your questions. All that coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. risk management, to the insurance that you're buying. Are you are you taking a planful approach where it's strategic, it fits within your entire financial life, or is it mostly just sold to you or just bought on a whim or on the side? Uh, hopefully, it's planful. That's what we're talking about today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Joshua Gregory. Thank you, Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and the inspired team of realtors on her team. Thank you very much. If you have any questions, we're going to be tackling some questions here later on in the program. If you have any questions, reach out to us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. You'll find us on social media, on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Submit questions that way as well. And then online, wisemoneyradio.com. All right, we're talking about the most valuable planning concepts in each area of your financial life. Today, we're focusing on protection planning. There's a few others. I mean, first, we said you've got to be taking a planful approach. This isn't a one-size-fits-all. This isn't an area where you just want to be sold something. It needs to be a planful approach. What else? Well, the, the reason it needs to be a planful approach is so that you don't just fall into the trap of thinking about products all the time. Sometimes there are other things in your financial life that you can do to manage risk. And that's really what we're doing here. This is risk management, not product placement. Love that. Okay? Oh, my goodness. Here, here's why. Maybe the very first line of defense in your whole financial life is an emergency fund. That has nothing to do with insurance. doesn't have anything to do with the gecko or flow or life insurance, anything. It's all about, are you liquid for the smaller, more immediate concerns that are maybe more likely in your financial life? Having an emergency fund in place may actually help you reduce the cost of your overall insurance because you don't need to 
shift all of the responsibility or all of the risk onto an insurance company's shoulders, you can bear some of it yourself. An example might be, what's your deductible on your homeowner's insurance? Is it $500? Is it 1000 How How much of a major home claim could you cover out of pocket instead of going straight to the insurance company's po- pocket? That has an impact on the cost, right? Mm-hmm. So an emergency fund is a form of risk management that has nothing to do with insurance per se. Yeah, and I can give you a great example of that. So when I think of insurance, for sure I think of home and auto, and making sure that I've got the right protection there and that my insurance is not my first dollar of protection. Mm-hmm. My first dollars of protection come out of my emergency fund. So when our friends had an incredible leak in their basement and the restoration company came out and dried out their basement and their rugs, um, there were two prices, the, the cash price or the price if they turned it into their insurance company. And he asked me what he should do. And I said, dude, write the check. And he said, why? And I said, because if you turn this into your insurance company and then you hit a deer with your car and then a tornado comes and pulls some shingles off your roof, you've got three claims. And you won't be able to go get insurance anywhere else. You'll be stuck with that company. And they're going to surcharge the daylights out of your coverage for five years. So be you want to manage that. I mean, we all think, hey, we you know we're 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 friends with our insurance company. Look, the insurance companies win. They 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 always win. Don't wonder. Um, two entities that always win. The insurance companies always win, the casinos always win. Mm-hmm. But an example of how a, a cash reserve can help me, when you when you look at what other type of protection When you're first getting started, you want to protect your income and your ability um, to earn an income. And so that is disability insurance. And then once you've um, gotten somewhat older and you've been able to accumulate assets, you want to protect your assets. But up front, if if you're getting disability income, if you've got a good cash reserve, there's a there's a deductible for your disability policy and it can be 90 days it could be 180 days i personally would rather live with the risk and have a 180 day deductible but if i don't have three to six months of living expenses set aside i probably need the 90 day deductible and the 90 day deductible is much more expensive than the 180 day. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. same thing applies when you go to protecting your assets, <coughs> which is one of the items that made my list. It w- wasn't my most valuable, but the concept of the partnership policy for your long term care, the partnership aspect um, just adds a, it's a planning dimension and, and something to really consider. The, the last one that I would hit here is when you go to get on Medicare at 65 or after you're working, if you're beyond 65, you're going to make one of the biggest financial decisions of your life and you're essentially stuck with it forever. <laughs> if you're if you're a health insurance expert no and you're, there, and you're huh? listening, you're saying, well, that's not exactly true. I know it's not exactly, but it's pretty hard to undo it. Pretty stinking hard to undo it. Or pretty expensive. Or pretty expensive. You are going to make a decision at 65 that 
you're going to be stuck with forever. How, how do you make that decision well? And um, there's all sorts of rules and protections in there because, sadly, some bad apples in the financial world have tried to take advantage of people um, as they get older and try to sell them stuff. But still, even with all those protections and regulations, I still don't see enough people taking a planful approach there. I mean, again, the magnitude of this. You're going to make one of the biggest financial decisions of your life, and you pretty much can't change it. Yes, you've got to have your certified financial planner involved in that decision. So, okay. Uh, when it comes to protection planning, guys, what do you? What would you say without a big, uh, you know, elaborate response, but just biggest mistakes you've seen people make? Uh, you know, the, the most common, at least. Uh, is one that you already hit with your story about Charlie at the end of the last segment. Uh, I, I said, you know, we see this all the time where um, the the person selling you a product doesn't really understand or have eyes on your overall financial life. So they really can't say with confidence, and you probably shouldn't know with confidence, that the protection you're purchasing through an insurance policy, whether it's home and auto, auto insurance or life insurance or whatever, um, is it truly protecting what's at risk or is it inadequate? Is it poorly, you know, designed? Um, and, and the only way to know that is if there is collaboration happening or consistency between your overall financial plan, the, the, the metrics on where you stand right now, uh, as well as these decisions about risk management like insurance. Mm -hmm. Kevin, what would you say? I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is is not doing the deferred maintenance in the area of protection planning. So you start and you get something in place and you think, well, I can just do the set it and forget it. And the interesting thing about insurance is, is that you have the right, everyone has the right amount of insurance until there's a claim. Mm -hmm. And then you and then you really get to find out do you have the right amount of insurance, and so when I think just a, just a, let's take a simple one life insurance. So when you start out, if you get married, um, you say, well, what do I need as far as life insurance? I might not need a whole bunch, but I might be healthy and be able to buy a whole bunch for not a lot of money. But then as you get children and you have other financial goals and you are living life, the amount of life insurance that you need changes over time and if you're not changing that you're you're leaving you're leaving money on the table quite possibly mm. um, you're you're either paying too much or too little for your life insurance and so and life insurance to me seems to be the, the easiest one to get wrong because you think well I just bought that insurance no it's a 30-year term and you're 22 years into it you didn't just buy it um, so but I mean it's easy I, I can just tell you as an old guy it's easy to just think that way well I, we just did that no uh, no we didn't just do that and oh by the way uh, is your life the same as it was when you just did that <laughs> no my life's completely different Yep. And and just a just a real life example. Maybe we'll have to. <laughs> I have I'm, I'm going to cut you off. We'll, I we'll, have a we'll great that, one. We'll oh. pick that back up as well. Uh, I I want to share another handful of mistakes so that you can help avoid them. And then Kyle submitted a question. 
He got caught in the trap, and and you know we're far enough through tax season here. I think a lot of people, a lot of you listening, maybe did as well with your withholdings. So we're gonna. He's asking, well, what do I do? How can I fix it? We're gonna have that answer and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keen, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, coming to you from the world headquarters of Corhorn Financial Group here in Granger, Indiana. Josh was just politicking, trying to move it to Michigan. Nope, we're right here in Granger. In the <laughs> KFG studios, my name's Mike Bernard. Across from me, Kevin Corhorn. Between us, Josh Gregory. If you've missed anything, I remind you every time how you can catch up on previous episodes. Several ways. First, on the YouTube channel. That is my favorite. We When we press record and, and air for the radio show, we press record on a video camera. You can just be right here in the studio with us. Every episode, right through the breaks, are on the YouTube channel. Just search Wise Money Radio, subscribe to it, share that stuff. You can submit questions right there, too. Uh, second, podcast. Every episode's also uploaded on podcast, so if you want to binge listen on a drive or whatever um spring break plans if you're driving around you can binge listen and i'm sure your kids would love it uh just search wise money with corhorn financial group and then lastly there's a media player right there on the website uh wisemoneyradio.com and you can listen to every episode right there you could submit questions there for the show on the right as well all right we're putting the wraps on the most valuable planning concept of the second area of your financial life protection planning we're into the what to avoid section of the conversation that's biggest mistakes kevin i cut you off on a story that uh you know we want to keep it shorter but it's you got to punctuate this because it's it's i think it's a big mistake people make so when you look at mistakes um the the one that i just saw recently was i had a client and in 2014, he was working um, with a um, a professional who would call himself a financial advisor, but I'm going to say for sure not a financial planner. And really, um, if you peeled the onion back a few layers, kind of a glorified insurance salesman. And so he was introduced to this concept of getting diversification in his investment portfolio. And he said the way to do that is to get this this big life insurance policy. And um, you can actually use life insurance as an investment, but it has to be structured correctly. And there have to be there it would when you look at the hierarchy, it would be after Everything else <laughs> is already done, and I've got excess capital coming out my ears, and I I want to leverage some dollars, and 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 and. So there's a there's a pretty there's a breathtaking array of boxes that would need to be checked before you would ever consider that. So if you ever hear someone floating that idea, um, I I personally, I I would. Um, the the problem is you say well who do I, who do you want to learn how to buy a car from the the car sales guy no 
probably not. <laughs> and who do you want to learn how to buy an insurance policy from? The insurance sales guy? Probably not. So I, I think the story, and I've seen this several times in my career, Josh, I know you have too, is people who've been, um, uh, who've, who've bought into that, let's just say, mm -hmm. they've put lots of money into these, quote, air quote, investment life insurance policies to then have it all gone, mm -hmm. to have it all gone because they're not funding it adequately because it's invested. And then the, if it's variable, the market goes down, all of a sudden you're not reaching your minimum. So you need to add more money and more money. And Kevin, the illustration you're sharing is someone who put a lot of money and got very little out of it. I have a story of an elderly individual who was funding thousands of dollars a year and get, got nothing out of it. Zero walked away with nothing, and that doesn't sound like a great investment. Right. So your action item, if you're listening right now, if you have permanent insurance that has cash value in it, go to your agent and request what's called either an enforce ledger or a reprojection to see is your policy doing exactly what it was supposed to do. Go to your agent, request it, and then as soon as you get it, run. Don't walk <laughs> to your certified financial planner's office so you can help interpret what in the world's going on and what you need to do. All right, let's transition here. We've got a few questions. Uh, hopefully, well, we'll at least hit Kyle's. Kyle's 45 from South Bend. He he got caught in the trap, and, and here it is. I had heard the warnings, but my refund was quite a bit smaller this year because my withholdings were lower. My question is, how do I change my withholdings to make sure I have the right amount withheld? Yeah, isn't it a bummer? There's so many people who have been filing their tax returns over the past couple months, and some of them have, have been hit with some surprises because all along, you know, for all of 2018, we've been hearing, my tax bill's going to be smaller, my tax bill's going to be smaller, and you may conclude, oh, therefore, my refund's going to be bigger. Or even the same. Or the same. Uh, the problem is when you're monkeying with the tax bill itself and also the tax payments that have been pulled out of your paycheck, uh, you've got a moving target on what that refund could be. And fortunately, you do have control still over how much you have withheld out of your paycheck. I would just be careful in how you come to the conclusions on this because you know, the IRS has a worksheet on, on a W-4 form where you get to decide how many allowances, I'm throwing all kinds of jargon at you here, how, how many dependents and, and so on are going to be counted on your tax return. They can walk you through what they would say you ought to be claiming, right? But it doesn't mean that it fully takes into consideration all of your financial life. You may have other sources of income that aren't accounted for uh, beyond just your paycheck. So it's really important for you to make this decision with a forecast of what your 2019 return is going to look like in mind. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you went there because Kyle, you said you're 45, so 17 years ago, don't do math on that radio, you'd be 30, <laughs> 32, no, sorry, 20, 28, right? Sure, 20, just go with it. Seven. You'd be younger. And you would likely, <laughs> that's about the age you might be having kids, which is an enormous change to your tax situation. Mm -hmm. So if you have a child, so if you're looking backwards saying, well, I've got to fix things for the future based on what happened in the past, you might totally, totally be missing things. 
I mean, child tax credit's an enormous one. That's what I'm teasing out. As soon as you have a child that turns age 17, that changes drastically. It used to go away. Now it just drops significantly. So, all right. John is 66 from Mishawaka. I asked my tax preparer if I'd have to pay tax on my Social Security now that I'm that I'll be collecting it later this year, and he didn't really give me a clear answer. Is it taxable or isn't it? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, John, um, the answer he gave you is the right one. <laughs> it's it, not clear. It's not a clear answer. So it is based on, and John, we don't know if you're married or not, um, but if you're single. It's based on how much income you have, and if you're married, it's based on how much income you have. So the more income you have, the more of your Social Security that will uh, be pushed over and line up in the column of money I pay tax on. Which is why it's so important that when you get to retirement and you start making decisions like pulling money out of an IRA or some other retirement account, you need to recognize that every dollar coming out of those accounts, if they've never been taxed before, they will be in the year that you take the distribution, but they might also push you into higher thresholds where suddenly your Social Security, which maybe wasn't previously taxable to you, suddenly is. And this can be a rude awakening for a lot of folks. It can be one of those unintended consequences we're pulling that 10 grand out of an IRA to buy a car or something suddenly costs you way more than you anticipated. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big fear for a lot of folks that, okay, if I, if I take 10 grand out, will I have to pay tax on 10 grand or will that mean I've got to pay tax on 15 grand or 18 grand? Sometimes when you're approaching or you're in retirement, you think, well, I've got my financial life on rails. You might be thinking about this for your parents even. Kevin, you talk about this quite a bit. Um, you think, well, we don't really need planning. I don't need a planful approach. I'm, I'm in retirement. Oh my goodness, your tax planning year by year can be adjusted and make huge changes in your financial life. And so in your retirement years, especially as you're drawing Social Security, very, very important to be doing tax planning. If you just got your taxes done, you think, well, I don't need to worry about taxes for a while. Nope. Time to be thinking about this next year. And I'll take the words out of Kevin's mouth. Um, even if you're set, if you've got parents who are alive and you assume they're in a pretty good tax situation, make sure they're doing tax planning as well to capture all the opportunities. So thank you so much for being with us. That is all the time we have for today. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory, and myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC, and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.